that future profitability is at risk? Maybe, he said. But it still doesn't make sense. If they're concerned about competition, why fire me when I have tons of experience and always get my work done, and hire newer, less experienced people? In the media coverage about the terminations, there had been references to the company getting rid of the nine-to-fivers. I asked John if this description might have applied to him, and he said he didn't even know what it meant. It was time to get blunt. Only truth would serve John now. So I told him that the term was dismissive, implying that the nine-to-fiver just puts in his time doing ordinary work instead of aggressively using initiative to tackle whatever problem appears to be important. The company doesn't like that, John said firmly, referring to the aggressive initiator. But maybe that had changed. Maybe some of the executives were nine-to-fivers, and they were gone too. John, I said, do you recognize that, by several measures, your former employer is losing to other, more nimble competitors? John's answer was, maybe, indicating that he didn't see it. He had unfortunately taken his job for granted. He had chosen computing as a career because it was in such high demand. And, having chosen computing, he'd figured there was nothing else to worry about. He would work as long as he chose. But look at all the evidence he had ignored. Is it evidence you are also ignoring? How could he, or you, discount the fact that, for much of the last sixty years, if you were a large and market-dominant company, you could expect to reign for decades? If you were General Motors, IBM, Sears, Kodak, U.S. Steel, Polaroid, or Xerox, it would have been suicidal for competitors to attack you. And then, more swiftly than might have been imagined, Japanese imports suddenly destabilized the auto market of the former Big Three. IBM was blindsided by Microsoft and Intel. Technological advances pushed Kodak, Xerox, and Polaroid to the sidelines. Apple disrupted the established music industry, even as Uber destabilized the taxi-slash-limo business. And these examples barely skim the surface. Here's what happened next. Microsoft suddenly faced competition from cloud computing and mobile devices. Google quickly found itself under pressure from Facebook, which was itself under pressure from instant messaging services. If you don't grasp just how quickly this all happened, then you don't understand how gentle the past was. Dominance was supposed to last many decades, not just a few decades or even sometimes just one. Most of this disruption happened in John's lifetime, and even a superficial knowledge of the past would have helped him see the future. Please understand, I was not trying to make John feel badly about himself. He felt terrible enough already, and his self-confidence was seriously damaged. His confidence hadn't collapsed yet, but I feared it would when he started his job search. The conversation with John was painful, and I have had more than one such conversation. Many more than one. You can see, I think, why I decided it would be wrong to tell him about Charlene's success. He wasn't yet ready to hear about it. Why Charlene Thrived Change and the Ever-Demanding Consumer Charlene had needed no one to tell her about the force of competition. She knew that if she was going to get a job as a sociologist that had not involved teaching, she'd face intense competition. Or do you think a sociology major should take any half-decent job offered? 
You can imagine Charlene's anxious parents having that point of view, encouraging her to grasp at the low-hanging fruit. They may have been eager for her to use her major and start on a path to repaying her loans. What could be wrong with that? But Charlene had ambition. She wanted a great job, a great career, and so she focused on both her goal and the means to achieve it. Charlene found the history of social change fascinating. All of it was interesting to her. Technical change interested her as much as shifts in cultural norms. In spite of the fact that she couldn't write a line of code, she understood the transformative force of computing and its social and commercial potential far better than John had. That gave her the first step in her job search. If change was her primary interest, then she should gravitate toward the source of greatest visible change, the tech sector. For Charlene, it was obvious that the consumer was...